Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer for or you'd like to discuss from a biblical perspective. We are here to do that. That's the goal and the vision of this show is to give you a place where you can turn for pastoral advice, for information about the Bible, and, um, and direction about your life, and prayer requests. So give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720 we want to welcome those of you who are tuning in here in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those on Truth FM in Eastern Tennessee and into North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. We're so glad that you tuned in today. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. Just a reminder for those of you listening on Hope FM and Truth FM that you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. So just keep that in mind, but we would love for you to call in, and then you guys will have a unique opportunity where you get to tune in and then listen to yourself, hear yourself on the radio one week from now uh, if you tune in. So you're on a delay. Those of you listening here on Grace FM in Colorado and in the southern Wyoming, you're listening to the program live, and we'd love for you to call in as well. We also want to give a big hello to everybody who is tuning in online. You know, there's so many of you and a really a growing audience of people who tune in to this program as well as all of our programs on Grace FM through our mobile app and our website. So if you don't have that mobile app yet, the Grace FM mobile app, we really recommend that you get it. It is totally free to you and just uh, something that we intend to be a great blessing and a way to get the word out um, around the country and around the world. And so you can get that app on your uh, device, your mobile device, whether it's a phone or a tablet, just by going to the App Store or Google Play Store on your device and then typing in Grace FM, just as one word, Grace FM. And you'll see that come up and you just download it, put it on your device, and then you can click the button to listen live. And anywhere you are in the world, you can listen, tune in, and you can also do that also in your web browser. So you can just go to gracefm.com and click the button to listen now. And then you can listen to this show and any of our other programs live here on the air. And we have a really a growing audience of people doing that. I got a screenshot just now of who all is tuning in in different places around the country. Looks like we have people tuning in online um, in the Northwest, in Southern California, down into, uh, looks like Arizona, here in the Rocky Mountain region, as well as uh, Texas, Midwest, you know, Minnesota, East Coast as well. And we have some international listeners, uh, Ukraine, Finland, South Africa, and Alaska, which is not a foreign country, but it is far away. So we are so glad to have you guys tuning in today, and we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us at 
or text us 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And I'm your host now every Friday. So for the past year or so, I have been hosting every Monday. But today, this is the first week where we made our switch. Me and Jeff Figs, we switched days. So he used to be on Fridays, and I used to be on Mondays, and we swapped. And so from now on, I'm going to be on Fridays, and really looking forward to that. I know it's maybe a little bit different audience, different people tune in different days. But I am so glad to be with you on Fridays. And um, like I said, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a Calvary Chapel affiliated church located in Longmont, Colorado. And if you are in Longmont, or if you're nearby within driving distance, or you have friends or family in Longmont, we'd love it if you would check out our church on a Sunday morning. We'd love to have you visit with us and worship with us. Uh, we love to study the Word. We love to worship God in song. And we, we would encourage you to check us out both online and in person. So our, our address is whitefieldschurch.com. That's our web address, whitefieldschurch.com. You can go on there. You can find um, our archive of our past messages and teaching series. You can find out a little bit about our leadership programs like youth programs and children's programs and the, the like. And um, we'd love for you to visit with us in person as well and worship with us. Our church meets at 700 Longs Peak Avenue in downtown Longmont. So we are just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, which is right downtown. We're right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. So Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street, northwest corner in the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is just to the direct south of the downtown park and ride here in Longmont. We'd love for you to worship with us. If you have friends and family in the area, send them our way because uh, God's doing a really good thing at our church and we would love for you to be a part of it and love for you to get to grow with us as a church. Right now we are studying through a topical series, which is not what we usually do. What we usually do is study verse by verse and chapter by chapter through books of the Bible. But every now and then, when there's a you know a specific moment that we want to capture or something that we believe God wants to direct our attention to, we'll do a topical series. So right now we're in one of those times. It's a five-week series on the topic of vision. And the idea is that here at the beginning of the year, we want to align our vision with God's vision in Five different areas. So we looked at God's vision for your future, God's vision um, for your situation that you're facing right now. The next one that's up is this coming Sunday. It's going to be a vision for the church, a vision for the church. We also looked at a vision for the city, developing God's vision for the place where you live. But this coming Sunday is going to be a vision for the church. I'm really looking forward to this one because I think that we live in a time, a day and age where a lot of people underappreciate the church. You know, you, you hear people say things like, hey, I love Jesus, but I don't like church. And I would just say that I, I can understand where that comes from. And sometimes people have had bad experiences. Um, and I can understand that feeling that, hey, you know, the point of being a Christian is not showing up for an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. At the same time, though, I think that if you look at this Bible, that you cannot avoid the fact that 
Jesus loves the church. It is his, he loves it so much he wants to marry it, right? It's his bride. You know, think about the church, he founds it. And not only that, but the, the church is the continuation of the people of God from the Old Testament. So we are the people of God. And then what happens, now it's not to say that we're Israel, but we are the people of God in the sense of how God deals with this unique group of people who are his chosen, redeemed people. And so we're the people of God. And then Jesus founds his church. He commissions his apostles to lead the church and then to propagate the church and then to found more churches. The Holy Spirit sends out Paul and Barnabas to go and do this work, which is to preach the gospel and start churches. It's the vehicle for the mission of God in the world. It's the vehicle for making and developing disciples and growing as disciples. It's a, it's a beautiful and wonderful thing. And I think that we need to return to that picture and that dedication to the church. In the book of Revelation, where's Jesus? He is among the lampstands, which represent the church. And then we see Jesus at the end of all things, at the end of Revelation, literally marrying the church as his bride. And so I think to the person who says, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church, I think Jesus would come back and say, uh, excuse me, but that's not how I feel. You know, don't, that's, that's not what I think about the church. That's not how I feel about the church. I love it in spite of its flaws. And I love it in a way in order to make it beautiful and to use it in the world. And so I think that just as Jesus is committed to the church with its flaws, I think he wants us to be as well. So we're going to talk about that and go into what the Bible has to say about a vision, developing God's vision for the church. I'm really looking forward to that. That's this coming Sunday. We'd love to have you with us 10 a.m. Sunday mornings, downtown Longmont. Check us out, directions and all that good stuff on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. You can also find all of our stuff on all the socials, right, on Facebook, we're on there, Twitter. We're, we have a YouTube channel that we're starting to develop. We'd love for you to subscribe to it. We, we post like weekly follow-up videos and, and discussions, kind of podcast format. We'd love for you to subscribe to that. So just check us out on all those channels, Whitefields Community Church. We're also on Instagram and all that good stuff. So let's, uh, we, and one last thing, we have a radio program that airs every weekday here on Grace FM, 2.30 p.m., and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So every weekday at 2.30 and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. So if for some reason on Sunday you're not able to be in church or if during the week um, you are driving kids, maybe picking up kids from school at 2.30, we'd love it if you'd tune into Grace FM and hear our messages at those times. Let's go to our callers, uh, Vanessa in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Vanessa. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. What can we do for you? Um, if you guys can please pray for my father-in-law. He found out that he has cancer. So if we can pray for his healing and comfort during this um, hard time for him. Yes, let's do that. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for Vanessa's father-in-law. And we thank you, Lord, um, that she cares so much for him that she's calling in today. And um, I th think that's a you know, small thing, but it's a beautiful thing to me to see that relationship. And Lord, I pray that truly you would um, touch his body. Lord, that he would be rid of this cancer in Jesus' name. And Lord, that you would be with him and their family as they deal with this. Lord, we know that all of us, um, we are mortal. And thank you, Lord, that you give the promise that you are the resurrection and the life, and that though one day in this flesh, should you tarry, we will pass away. It's a guarantee that we will, should you not tarry, or, or should you tarry. But, Lord, thank you for the hope of the gospel, 
that though we die in the flesh, yet we will live. And Lord, I pray that as we pray for healing and as we hope for healing and ask for it, Lord, I pray for Vanessa and her family, Lord, that they would cling tightly to the hope of the gospel. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. Bye-bye. We have two open lines. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Give us a call, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Denise in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hi, Denise. Welcome to the program. Hello. Hi. Hi. So I have a prayer request for my uh, granddaughter. Her name is Addison, and she's five years old. Uh, in October, she had uh, surgery to remove a brain tumor, okay. and she, she's uh, having some complications. And uh, she's actually having an MRI done as we're speaking, and okay. they're probably going to have to operate again tomorrow. Okay. Well, that's a lot for a five-year-old to go through. Yes. Yeah, she's very scared of hospitals and doctors and nurses now. Wow. Well, let's pray for her. Heavenly Father, just collectively as people tuning in and listening to this show, we want to just beseech you on behalf of Addison, this five-year-old girl in Pennsylvania, uh, dealing with just the fallenness of this world and the fallen condition of, of nature. Lord, the fact that she would have a brain tumor, something foreign, something that doesn't belong in her brain, causing her problems and pain and danger. Lord, we, we ask that you would um, heal her. We ask that as she's getting this MRI, Lord, that there would, first of all, we just ask for a miracle, that as they scan her brain, that they would not find any um, trace of anything that would necessitate another invasive surgery. Lord, if there is a, ne a necessity for another surgery, Lord, we ask that you would guide the hands of those surgeons, and Lord, that it would be your work that they're doing um, that you would guide their hands and that their work would be your work in Addison's life to remove this tumor. But we pray that she would sense your presence with her in those hospitals. Thank you for her loving family, Lord. I pray that you give them a lot of wisdom with how to talk to her about these things and how to comfort her in an effective way. And Lord, we just pray your blessing upon her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have all open lines once again. We had a couple quick calls there at the beginning, but now it's uh, all open lines once again. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line 720 336 0897. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. We'd love to hear from you and pray for you and hopefully answer your questions. Let me, uh, as we're waiting for more calls to come in, let me tell you about a couple things that I'm up to lately that you might find interesting. One of them is I'm involved with a group. Um, and I've talked about it on the shows before, um, so maybe you've heard about it. It's called the Expositors Collective. And we did an event at Calvary Church in Aurora one year ago, and uh, what, what this group does is we have a vision to help raise up the next generation of expository preachers. And so we go around the country about once a quarter and do regional 
uh, training seminars. They're two-day training seminars for people who are either teaching the Bible, maybe in children's ministry or youth, or maybe even for, for young pastors, or people who just feel interested or, or maybe they aspire to teach the Bible or they want to do it well, or they want to just rightly divide the word of God. So we do this uh, these series of um, seminars regionally, and it's called Expositors Collective, and we'll bring in a, you know, a group of seasoned pastors, and that group changes a little bit each time. But what we'll do is that it's really focused on group activity and learning and getting feedback. So over the course of 24 hours, you know, from start to finish, we will have Everybody who comes will actually get the opportunity with some help and some guidance to write a 10-minute message, present that message, and get feedback on it, as well as, you know, kind of get equipped, get some tools in their toolbox to help them so that when the time does come for them to teach or preach in the future, that they're going to they're gonna have some handles to hold on to and some guidance and direction about what makes for good um, and effective and faithful biblical preaching. So we have a great podcast. If there's any of you out there who love to listen to listen to podcasts, I highly recommend you check out our podcast. It's called Expositors Collective. Just type that in the search engine. It'll come right up. We have 80-something episodes so far, mostly interviews, but also some kind of main sessions from our seminars. And you can check us out online, expositorscollective.com. Well, the reason I'm bringing this up now is because our next regional uh, seminar is coming up in... February, February 21st and 22nd, and it's going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada, which I know is not local for any of our, you know, on-air listening things, but the reason why we're doing it in Las Vegas is is partly because we want to work with people in that community, but it's also because a lot of people fly in for these events, so find one that's, you know, convenient for their schedule. And so Las Vegas is a place that people can fly into pretty cheaply. Hotels are affordable. You know, so wherever you're coming from, you can fly into Las Vegas. And these seminars are for both men and women. And they're for definitely trying to reach the next generation. So it's men and women ages 18 through 34 is who this is open to. And if you are in that category and you've been wanting you maybe some direction, some help developing what you feel might be a gift or leading from God, or if you know somebody and you say this would be perfect for them just to give them a little training, uh, some help and some mentoring, then um, we, I really encourage you to check it out. And we have a, a price thing going on right now. We have an early bird pricing until the end of January. So if you sign up b before the end of January, it's $10 cheaper for these things. It's affordable as it is. It's $39 for two days of the seminar. And so check it out online expositorscollective.com. I'm going to be there, and uh, some other pastors from Colorado are going to be there. It's going to be a really good time, and we're going to take people out from our church as well. So we encourage you, wherever you're listening, consider Expositors Collective uh, training weekend for young and aspiring upcoming generation of preachers and teachers of the Bible in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, 21st and 22nd of February. Check it out online, expositorscollective.com. Let's go back to our call in line, Cindy in Littleton, Colorado. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, good afternoon. Uh, so my question, um, well, basically, um, I was told by um, supposedly a Christian that when we pray, uh, we can no longer ask for a miracle. We can only God doesn't do miracles anymore. God only 
give us wisdom. So when we pray, we don't ask, just don't ask for miracles. Just ask God for to give us wisdom for whatever we go going through or whatever is going on in our life. I just want to make sure if that's if that's valid, um, if that statement valid or not. Right. Yeah. So I would actually disagree with that statement. I don't believe that we should not ask God for miracles, um, and I I believe that God does miracles. And, you know, this is a really big topic, but I think a really important one. And here's here's one way. I, there's, I'd say there's two issues, but there's one thing I want to bring to your attention. Okay, the two issues are, the, the first one is this. That view that you're stating or that this person has told you is a view which is sometimes called cessationism. And what cessationism means is that the signs, like miraculous signs or sign gifts, of the Holy Spirit have ceased. In other words, God used to do things like that, but now he doesn't. And a lot of times the reasoning they'll give for that is that they'll say that God has given us his word, therefore he doesn't act in miraculous ways to reveal himself because he's revealed himself through his word. Now, while I would agree with them that God is no longer revealing new things about himself or new truths, or new doctrines, especially. Um, if you look through the Bible, most of the time, miracles weren't necessarily even about revealing something that was not previously known about God. Oftentimes, what miracles are is that they are what you call manifestations of God's kingdom. I'll explain what I mean. In God's kingdom, for example, in, and you can think of this as heaven, right? So in heaven, in God's order, kingdom, um, there is no sickness. There is no infirmity. And so when Jesus comes and he heals sick people, that is doing a couple things. One of the things is, is fulfilling prophecy that Jesus said, you know, the, the Bible said that when the Messiah came, he would, you know, heal the blind and heal the lepers. And so, for example, John the Baptist at one point is in prison, we read in the Bible, and then he starts questioning, is Jesus really the Messiah? So he sends some people, ask Jesus, are you really the Messiah? And Jesus says, well, the blind are made to see, the lame walk, um, people with leprosy are healed. These are all the things that the Old Testament said to look for as proofs of the Messiah, and they're being done. So yes, I am the Messiah. In other words, um, these things, that was one reason why he did it. Another reason why he did it was because with Jesus, you know, one of the things he said is he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And another time he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And so what does that mean? I mean, in, in one way he's saying it has come with his coming. And in another way, the kingdom of heaven is something which is still yet to come in fullness, like what we read about at the end of Revelation, how this there's a new heavens and a new earth, etc. So what Jesus is doing is that he's bringing the kingdom of God to earth. He's bringing heaven to earth with his coming. He's bringing it in part, and it will come in the future in fullness. But what Jesus is doing is he's giving a window, a glimpse, a preview of the kingdom of God here on earth. In the kingdom of God, blind people aren't blind, right? In the kingdom of God, death does not have the final say, right? People are resurrected from the dead because there is no death in God's kingdom. And so that, that was the purpose of that. Now, I only say that to say this, that the miracles that we see happening in the Bible are 
most often not for the purpose of revealing new things about God. So the idea that we don't need miracles because, um, and, and that God has ceased to do miracles because he has revealed himself in his word, I think is a flawed uh, presupposition, right? Like I don't think that's a true thing biblically. Um, furthermore, you know, a lot of times the, the purpose of miracles has to do with mercy. We read, for example, in the book of James, we're told that if someone is sick, get the elders of the church around that person and place your hands on them and that pray for them. And the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And he, he quotes back, he refers back to Elijah. He says, just remember how Elijah, who was a normal person like you and me, prayed and it didn't rain for you know, many days. And so what he's doing is he's tying our prayers and the miracles that we're asking for back to the Old Testament and Elijah and saying that the same God who did those things back then is the same God who works now. And we're asking him in the same way that Elijah asked him. Furthermore, I mean, God has not changed. It's a fundamental truth about God that uh, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we believe that the God who did miracles in the past is also capable of doing miracles now. And I would say not only is he capable, but I, I believe that he is willing. And, you know, James also tells us many times you don't have because you don't ask. So I, I would uh, totally disagree with the idea that we can't pray for miracles and that miracles don't happen um, and the idea that we shouldn't pray for them. You know, it's one thing to say that you haven't seen a miracle. And it's another thing to say that miracles just don't happen. One thing I find interesting is in the book of Acts, you see several miracles take place. But if you, you consider the time frame that Acts covers, uh, there's only really a couple miracles over the course of decades that are mentioned, at least. I mean, there might have been others that happened. My point is that it wasn't like, like miracles were happening like, you know, every five minutes, right? Sometimes these things were special things that got documented because of that exact reason. They were special. They weren't normal. They were unique. But I would just ask you this. Is there, is there some reason why this topic came up? Is there something that you need prayer for? Yes. Um, that, that was actually going to be my next question. Um, um, because um, when it comes to miracle, um, can we pray um, for a, to God for God to um, send miracle as far as a um, change of heart for you know for a person mm. because um, I don't know the exact verse but I I read uh, once in the Bible about like how um, you know a lot of times um, you know things happen throughout um, the Bible um, you know bad things happen because we as human have a um, part of, um, what do you call like heart? Like we harden our heart. So is it, um, is it still something that we can pray for a person, um, mm. for, for God, to God, to ask God to change, maybe to do a miracle, like, um, you know, changing yeah. their heart or change of heart? Is yeah, something... here's, here's what I tell you, that any time somebody's eyes are opened or their ears are opened or their heart is opened, we might say, to God and to embrace the gospel and to turn to Jesus, 
That is a miracle. The Bible calls it regeneration. It says you were dead in your trespasses and sins, but God, because of his great love for which he loved you, you know, while you were still dead in your transgressions, made you alive in Christ, and it's by grace you've been saved. I just say that to say this. Anytime a person is saved, that is a miracle of God. Anytime someone's eyes or ears or heart is open to God and his word and they understand it and comprehend it, that's a miracle. So we should absolutely pray for that. In fact, that's what it says in, um, in Acts, you know, that unless God opens people's eyes, they can't see. So let's do that. I'm going to pray for you because we come up on our break right now. So Heavenly Father, pray for Cindy and this person in her life who needs to have their eyes open, their heart open, their ears open to the gospel. They need to have a change of heart and turn towards you. Lord, I pray that you would do that miraculous work by your spirit in that person's life. And I, I thank you for Cindy, Lord. I pray that you give her the boldness and the faith to ask for big things and to ask for miracles because you're able to do far above beyond anything we can ask or imagine. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Thank Cindy. You, All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. We've come up on our two-minute break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Today, here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. If you missed it earlier in the program, I let you know that uh, starting today, Jeff Figs and I have switched. Uh, Pastor Jeff is now on Mondays on Calvary Live, and I am now on Fridays. So Every Friday, I'll be with you. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is based in Longmont, Colorado. If you are in or around Longmont, we would love for you to come and worship with us sometime. You can find our address and directions, as well as past messages and uh, things going on in our church. You can find all of that good stuff on our website, which is whitefieldschurch.com. Whitefieldschurch.com. And we'd love to, for you to come and worship with us this Sunday or any Sunday in the future. And if you know people in the Longmont area, send them our way. We'd love to have them come up. You know, we were just talking to Cindy before the break, and she was asking, you know, do miracles still happen? Um, can we ask God for miracles? And we had someone write in with an interesting thought. They said, you know, isn't it, um, you know, a bit presumptuous even to say, I know so much about God in the universe that I can say, you know, empirically that miracles do not or cannot happen anymore. And I think the fact is we don't know that much about uh, the universe. And there's a great book that was written a couple of years ago by Eric Metaxas on the topic of miracles. And, you know, the first half of the book, he spends giving kind of a defense of the idea that miracles can happen, both a biblical defense and even a scientific defense, which I found was really, really interesting. And then in the second half of the book, he goes into discussing some stories, kind of anecdotal uh, evidence for miracles. And so if, if you're interested in that topic, I would recommend uh, check it out. It was uh, Eric Metaxas. The title is Miracles and um, pretty straightforward there. But I would encourage you to check that out if you're interested in more on that topic. You know, can miracles happen? What a, how does that line up with science? And, um, and what does the Bible have to say? But also, you know, maybe what are some stories that can build your faith as you ask God for things? And I, I do love that passage in Ephesians 3 where 
um, Paul says, you know, God, who is able to do abundantly more than you can ask or even imagine. And I find that phrase so compelling because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I have a pretty vivid imagination, right? Like I can imagine some pretty crazy stuff. And so um, I, I just think that's such a compelling idea that God is able to do more than we can ask or even imagine according to the power that works in us. And he tells us what that power is in chapter one of Ephesians. He says that that power is the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. That same power is at work in us and God is bigger than we think he is. So let's not be people who limit God in our thinking of what he can do. Um, let's be those who really understand that our God is a big God. He's able to do way more than we can ask or imagine. You know, we, we tend to think of things as limitations, but they're not limitations with God. Nothing is impossible with God. That's what Jesus said. You know, you could think of it this way. The difficulty of any task is measured by the ability of the agent doing that task, right? So I have a four-year-old daughter, and if I asked her to do uh, a bench press with, you know, my weights that I have in my basement, well, I mean, there's no way she can do it. In fact, it would harm her. But for me to do it, it's not even difficult because I don't own that many weights. I'm not saying I'm that strong. I just don't own very many weights. But my point is that the difficulty of a task is measured by the one who is performing the task. So something might be impossible for me and you, but God, because he's so much more powerful, it's not at all impossible or difficult for him. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have a couple text messages, but we have all open lines, and we'd love to hear from you. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, your prayer requests, maybe things going on in your life that you'd like to get a pastoral or biblical perspective on. And the number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text number 720-336-0897. Let's go to our text line as we wait for some of those calls to roll in. Someone asks, um, I have a question about Bitcoin. I couldn't find the information, but I thought the Bible said something about a one-world currency. Bitcoin, to me, looks like a one-world currency. What are your thoughts? And that was from Rhonda. Rhonda, thanks for the text message. Very interesting. Um, here's, here's my thought on that, is that the passage you're referring to comes from Revelation. The idea that there will be a one-world currency is more of an extrapolation than something that the Bible expressly says. And here's what I mean is that uh, it talks about there being a great empire. For example, in Daniel, it talks about there being great empires in the world um, and one kind of big empire that's going to come into play in the end times. And a lot of people have speculated that that might you know, be centered around Rome. So a lot of people have thought maybe the Roman Empire might, or sorry, the, the European Union, which is kind of like a reformed version of the Roman Empire, um, might have some part to play in that. And of course, uh, the you know, the European Union doesn't have one currency. They have several currencies, mostly the euro, but like where I lived in Hungary, it was the European Union, but it was not, um, we didn't use the euro. And that's the case in some of those countries as well. As far as Bitcoin, uh, the, the verse you might be thinking of refers to how uh, there would come a time when people are required to receive a mark 
the mark of the beast, on their hand or on their forehead. And without that mark, they would be unable to buy or sell, which means that life would become incredibly difficult for them, um, not being able to buy or sell. And, you know, people be ostracized and kind of forced into this system. And so that idea of, you know, having something on your hand or having something on your head has led people to believe that maybe it would require some sort of digital currency. Um, personally, I don't think Bitcoin is it. I think that Bitcoin um, has kind of floundered and I don't see it really taking off or going anywhere. But I think that, you know, we keep our eyes on things and we say, you know, maybe this isn't it, but we remember what's going to happen and keep our eyes on it. But here's the good news for you and me is that we don't have to be afraid of any of these things because uh, the Bible says that God has not destined us for wrath. And so I, I don't personally believe that we're going to be even around to see many of those things happen in at least in fullness. And so I think there's good news in that. And, if, you know, First Thessalonians chapter four says, encourage each other with these words, right? That you will not all die, but some of you will be caught up to be with God. And it says, encourage each other with these words. And so Rhonda, I would encourage you with these words. I don't think you have anything to worry about. If your faith is in Jesus, which I hope it is, and if it's not, well, then it needs to be. But if it is, then I think that you can take comfort in knowing that your future is secure in him, that he has not destined you for wrath, and that any signs of the end of the times for us that, that's an exciting thing. It should be something which at the same time as it excites us that we are one step closer to being face to face with our maker and creator in perfection forever. At the same time, it should also compel us that, oh, the time is short and Jesus has left us here on a mission to reach people with his word and his love. So let's make sure that we do that because the time is short. So it should, it should spur us on towards mission rather than especially crippling us in fear. So thanks for that uh, question, Rhonda, and God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live, the number to call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Amy in Parker, Colorado. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I have a quick, well, kind of quick question. My sister studies with the Jehovah Witnesses, and um, she's telling me that the earth is going to be inhabited by, uh, I guess, Jehovah Witnesses that are saved or whatever. But it also says that the earth is going to pass away, and there's going to yeah. be a new heaven and a new earth. But who, I guess, is there anywhere in the Bible that says who would inhabit the new earth and new heavens? I yeah. Guess. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's a, there's a couple things. Let me just walk you through them pretty quickly. Okay. So here's what Jehovah's Witnesses believe. They believe that essentially everyone is going to inhabit the new heavens and the new earth. So everyone kind of gets to inhabit the new heavens and the new earth, but they say that 144,000 of the very best people get to go to heaven. And that heaven is kind of like the express you know, the express presence of God where you're right in the, um, you know, presence and, and yeah, I guess that's the word I'm looking for, presence of God. Um, so, but they would say everybody inhabits the new heavens and the new earth, whether you're Jehovah's Witness or not, but only the 144,000 very best Jehovah's Witnesses get to go to heaven. Now, what's funny about that is that that's actually changed over time because when the Jehovah's Witnesses began as an organization in the early 20th century, 
their original teaching was that um, 144,000 Jehovah's Witnesses would be the only ones who were saved. But they changed that teaching after a while because they grew, outgrew that number, you know? And so uh, in order to accommodate their own numbers, they changed their doctrine. Now, here's what the Bible says about this. It, it says that the 144,000 that are mentioned in Revelation, those are not mm -hmm. people who go to heaven. Those are actually 144,000 witnesses. These are like evangelists, basically, who will be on the earth doing the work of God even during uh, the time of tribulation, very difficult time towards the end of the world. So I think that they have fundamentally misunderstood the whole point of the 144,000. They've misread it and built a whole doctrine about it. Um, as far as new heavens and new earth, so Peter talks about how the earth will be destroyed as by fire. But then what we see in Revelation, at the end of Revelation, it says, then I saw a new heavens and a new earth descending from the heavens. So mm -hmm. there's two ways to look at this and kind of two views on this. And, and both of these views are held by Christians. Okay, so some Christians would say, this earth that we currently live in is going to be destroyed by fire and then renewed by God and that we will inhabit this same planet. Um, just, you know, having been destroyed by fire, it will be renewed. Um, my personal view, I take the other view on this, which says, which says I actually believe that this earth will be completely destroyed and that the new heavens and the new earth are something completely other. And there's a couple of reasons why I believe that. One of them is that it's, he says, John says, I saw it descending from the heavens. The other one is that he says in Revelation that there will be no sun and no moon to give light, but God himself will be our light. So I don't, what that tells me is that it's not necess necessarily in our solar system. Okay. Um, now, I will say this. It is really important that we understand that the Bible doesn't promise heaven as an ethereal place meaning like what i mean by ethereal is that we like float around you know kind of the picture that you see in cartoons right like we float around as angels maybe we get a set of wings and we play harps and we wear diapers and we sit on clouds um c.s lewis had some really interesting comments on that idea he called it ridiculous and even to the point of being borderline blasphemous and I think that's really important that we as Christians make sure that people understand, hey, when we talk about heaven, we're not talking about floating around on clouds with nothing to do for eternity, which is frankly quite boring, right? I think you'd get bored after about 20 minutes of that. The other, the other thing you hear Christians say sometimes um, is, you know, we'll like be in church and we'll be singing worship songs and somebody will say, this is a preview of what we're going to do for eternity. And eternity, we're just going to sing worship songs like we do here in church for a million years. And I'm like, hey, now listen, I love church. I'm a pastor. I, I love church. I wish I could go to church more often than I do. But I, I think that heaven's going to be a whole lot better than standing in rows together singing songs. You know, I think it's going to be something much grander and much better than that. And... Um, the importance of the new heavens and the new earth and like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, that we will have resurrection bodies. And what we see with Jesus, right? He resurrects, he has a body. It's, it's interesting because 
when the disciples see him, they don't immediately recognize him. But then when he, he says, hey, it's me, Jesus, they're like, oh, yes, it is you. So they, they don't immediately recognize him, but then they do recognize him. And then he passes through a, a locked door, and then he eats fish. So there's these things. That, is he a ghost? No, he's not a ghost. He has a physical body. He's able to eat and digest fish. He's able to be held and put your hands in his wounds. And mm -hmm. yet, so it's a physical body, and yet it's different than our physical bodies. And so the whole point that I would say is just this. New heavens and new earth matter because it tells us that heaven is not an ethereal, floaty, you know, wispy place. It is a mm -hmm. tangible flesh and blood place, but it will be different than the flesh and blood we have now. And we don't know how, um, but it's going to be different. So I believe that people will recognize each other in heaven. I believe that we will have some resemblance of who we are. Um, but I do believe it will be flesh and blood or meaning it, maybe not blood, but it will be flesh. It will be tangible. It will be something you can grab onto. I, I just did a funeral yesterday for um, a wonderful friend of ours from church here in Longmont. And, you know, one of the things that we said is that the hope of the gospel is that we will see Tracy again and we will hold her and we will get to embrace her again. And that is the hope of the gospel. It's not an ethereal heaven. It is new heavens, new earth, resurrection bodies. Hmm. So we could have, like, now we have adventures where we go and we see different things and experience different things that could be like that, but not... Oh, I think absolutely like that. I think absolutely yeah, no. like that. Um, and I think that we'll have jobs to do. And the reason I think that is because if you go back to Eden, before sin came into the world, work existed. Work right. and creative activity is part of who God is, and he's created us in his image. I think that we actually can't be happy and joyful without creative, productive work. So I think there will be work. I think there will be adventure. I love, if you have ever get the chance, just find C.S. Lewis's book, The Last Battle, his last um, book that he wrote in the Chronicles of Narnia series. And just uh -huh. read the last page. That's all. Just read the last page. It is so incredibly beautiful. I'm going to look it up for you real quick because I, um, it's one of my favorite things, uh, descriptions of heaven. And he says, um, I'll find it for you real quick. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to find it for you before the end of the show. So you might have to tune in still but um he says this okay. incredible thing where he said yeah here we go here it is it says this as he he's speaking of aslan who's a picture of of god right and he says as he he no longer looked to them like a lion but the things that began to happen after that were so great and so beautiful that i cannot write them and for us this is the end of all stories and we can most truly say that they all lived happily ever after but for them it was only the beginning of the real story all their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been but the cover and title page of the great book. And now they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has ever read, which goes on forever, and in which every chapter is better than the one before. I think oh. that's the best description of heaven I've ever heard. It's so poetic and, and resonates. And I would, I would say this for you and all of our listeners. There's a really, really good book that I recommend on the topic of heaven. 
It's written by Randy Alcorn, so A-L-C-O-R-N, Alcorn, and the book is called mm -hmm. Heaven. So clever title, but excellent book. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's definitely worth a read and uh, definitely highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thanks. I just, yeah, I just wasn't sure, like, how to explain it to her. So. Yeah, I hope that helps. Okay, okay. all right, thanks. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We're talking about heaven we're talking about church. This is a good day here on Calvary Live. We'd love to hear from you. you got 10 minutes. We've got time for at least one or two more callers. And we have all open lines. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Hey, you guys uh, sometimes ask, how can you pray for me? I'll give you one thing you can pray for. I am going to Austria tomorrow. And I am going to be there for the Calvary Chapel European Pastors and Leaders Conference. I'll be speaking there next week. Um, and Calvary Chapel has a, an amazing conference center in the mountains in Austria. And so pastors are going to be coming from all over Europe, from uh, you know east as far as Russia and west as far as Spain and, um, and England and Ireland. So please be praying for that Pastors and Leaders Conference, and um, you can pray for me as I travel and speak over there. Um, so yes, uh, let's go to some of our text messages. Someone asked, who is Cain's father? Because John 8.44 says, you are, your, you, are your, you are of your father the devil. And 1 John 3.12 says, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one. Okay, here's what John 8.44 says. It says, you are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. And then 1 John 3.12 says, you know, not acting as Cain, who was of the wicked one. So let me just pull that one up and get a little context for you before I answer you. Yeah, it says, we should love one another, verse 11, not like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brother's were righteous. Okay, so Cain's father clearly in the Bible was Adam. I mean, that's that's not even a question. It, it literally says in um, chapter four of Genesis that Cain, that Adam and Eve had children, and two of their children were Cain and Abel. And then Cain kills his brother. And the whole point of telling us this story, because we know that they had other children as well. Here's how we know: because Cain had a wife. How do you have a wife if there's nobody to marry? And so clearly Adam and Eve, the first couple, uh, had multiple children. And out of necessity, those children would have had to marry and procreate with one another. So it doesn't tell us the story of all of Adam and Eve's children. It only tells us the story of three of them, Abel, Cain, and Seth. But that means that there were other ones as well. And so why does it tell us this story? Well, because it's showing us that sin has entered the world and that sin didn't just affect Adam and Eve, the people who sinned, but it also affect their children who were born from them and were born in sin. And so their children grow up and we see murder. And actually, if you follow the biblical narrative, Abel is the first human being to ever die. And it's showing us that sin has come into the world and the cause of sin is death. 
And what it means there when it says that, you know, you are of your father, the devil, Cain was of the wicked one. It's speaking of inspiration. It's speaking that he was inspired by the, the devil. And it says there in Genesis chapter 4, this very haunting verse when God is talking to Cain. He says, Cain, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is to have you, but you can overcome. And yet Cain doesn't overcome. And it's just an incredible picture. It is crouching at the door. Think of things that crouch. Cats, tigers, lions, they crouch. Why do they crouch? To make themselves seem not as scary. To make themselves seem smaller and more um, you know, innocuous than they actually are. Right? So when you crouch, maybe you hide behind something to, to scare somebody. What are you doing? You're making yourself seem smaller than you actually are. What, and, and what's the point of that? So that you can, at some point, pounce on that person and overtake them. And that is an incredible picture of what sin is in our lives. And God was telling Cain, you, you don't have to give in to it. You can resist. And yet Cain didn't. So the idea here is that, yes, there is this enemy of our souls, Satan, whispering in our ears lies, telling us, you know, you must do this or you have to do this or, you know, you want to do this trying to get us to do things and these are temptations but God gives us the strength to stand up under those temptations is what we're told in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's go back to our call in lines go to Maria on De in Denver, Colorado. Hi Maria, welcome to the program. Hi. What can we do for you? Yeah, um on the topic you were speaking of earlier a new heaven and new earth. Mm -hmm. Does that relate to the uh, Father's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven, that particular section? Yeah, I think that it may. Uh, I think ultimately, yes, that is what will happen. That ultimately what is going to happen is the joining, right? Heaven and earth collide, right? Heaven is brought to earth is the sense, right? Um, that's what we see, you know, new heavens and new earth descending. And so, uh, Jesus, when he came, he was giving a glimpse of that. And what's interesting is that you and me, as as the people of God, we even get to do the will of the Father here on earth. And when we do that, the phrase that people use for it, and I think it's a very good phrase, is we talk about manifesting the kingdom of God here on earth. Now, we're not manifesting it in fullness, but we're we're doing, you know, we're bringing heaven's values, heaven's things that, you know, heaven is about, and bringing them here to earth. And uh, I think that's, you know, an honor that we get to be part of that. But I do think that, yes, that is part of um, Jesus' prayer. Perfect. Thank you so much. You bet, Maria. Thanks for calling in. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you, bye -bye. too. You're listening to Calvary Live. We're in the last five minutes of our show. Let's go to our final caller, Derek, in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Derek. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I'm calling for um, some prayer. Uh, okay. I recently got married, so I'd like some prayer for my new marriage and congratulations and all that. Thank you very much. Um, and then I also am in the process of pursuing a new job, so I would just, you know, I want God to open the door if I'm to walk in it. Um, but if I am not, I want it to be closed so it's not a temptation for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Derek, and we pray for um, his marriage. Lord, thank you uh, that he has found someone to 
love and to um, you know, place his love on just as you have placed your love on him. And I pray you'd help him to love his spouse well, to love her as you love the church, Lord, to wash her with the water of the word, to present her blameless before you. Lord, I pray that uh, he would love her sacrificially and that he'd love her faithfully just as you have loved him. Lord, we pray for their marriage that it would just be built and rooted on the great foundation of the gospel. And Heavenly Father, I pray for this job opportunity that he's mentioning. And I ask, Lord, that you would do a good work in that area by showing him what is the right thing to do and by opening doors that no one can close and by closing doors that no one can open. And I pray, Lord, that, it, that truly um, you would be honored and glorified in that. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to say I really love what you had to say earlier about uh, how um, creative work is a part of God and, and that we can't really be fulfilled and have a sense of purpose aside from that. Mm. And that's so reassuring because, you know, I think I think that's so true. I think uh, a lot of people's depression and stuff is because they don't they don't create and they don't take pride in work. And, and I think that was very profound. Yeah, you know, there is a whole area of theology which focuses on the importance of work. And uh, I've written a lot on it on my blog. But also there's a really good book on the topic that I would recommend for you and anybody who's interested. And it is by Timothy Keller, and it's called Every Good Endeavor. Every Good Endeavor. Check it out. It's a really easy to read book, but it gives a very good theology of work. And here's the fact that all of us work in some way, right? And the Bible has a ton to say about it. And I think that it is so important, like we were talking about earlier, getting God's vision for different areas. We need to get God's vision for work as well. I agree. I think, you know, so often in America, everybody's looking towards retirement and mm. retiring from work and not doing work. But when we don't produce, there's no purpose. For sure. I have to let you go because we've come to the end of our show. God bless you. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. Check me out online at nickkady.org. That's my blog, nickkady.org, or my church is whitefieldschurch.com. I'll be with you again next week. God bless you, and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.